Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. My name is Jeff Summers, co-founder of Optimal HRV, joined uh, again, as usual, with my partner, Matt Bennett. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Matt. And, Jeff, uh, we have guests today, Jeff. I, was, you, 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 I didn't even get a chance to say that, and we're super excited <laughs> because we, uh, we have our first guest to the podcast. Um, we're very honored to have Becca Shade on with us. Becca is a brilliant occupational therapist in uh, in Chicago, Illinois, um, and somebody that we've been partnered with for a couple months now, I guess, and really excited about the work that we're doing together. So, you know, we wanted to kind of introduce Becca, her clinic, her work, um, and some of the really groundbreaking stuff she's doing with some of our clients uh, and how it relates to HRV, because I think there's a lot of people that are going to be interested in in that approach. So before we jump in, Becca, maybe if you don't mind, uh, it's one thing for me to give an intro. It's another thing to, for you to kind of tell everybody uh, a little bit of background and, and you know, what you're focused on at, at Elgin. Awesome. Thank you. So first of all, those were a lot of really nice adjectives. I don't know that I deserve all of them. <laughs> you do. Thank you. You do. you do. And if, if Matt would have been doing the intro, there probably would have been about 10 others. So I apologize. <laughs> I didn't do you uh, nearly enough justice that he would have. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my name is Becca. I, um, I founded this company. I'm sitting in my office, which feels wonderful because during COVID, um, my attendance at the office has been very interrupted, which is heartbreaking. I love this place. Um, I founded this company um, almost 10 years ago. In January, it'll be 10 years, which I mean, then itself could be a whole podcast yes. to keep a business, you know, to tell the story of a business over 10 years is like, I get weepy just even thinking of it <laughs> truthfully. Uh, well, that especially is, over the last 10 months compared yeah. to the nine years prior. That's like a, yeah, anthology right there. It's, yeah, mm -hmm. so... Um, I'm in my office. Uh, I just left my husband and my three kids at home. They're all remote learning together. I was like, bye. <laughs> Love ya. <Have> fun. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually just finished um, two months ago. I finished my 200 hour yoga certification to become a yoga teacher. I've been wanting to do that since I was in college and I just pushed it off and pushed it off. And a year ago I said to my husband, like, I'm, I'm going to do this. And he was all about it. He was so supportive. It was a long journey for both of us. Um, it was awesome. And um, yeah, I'm an OT. I work with kids. Um, interestingly, I started my career wanting to work with adults with um, spinal cord injuries. And I got to that setting and I went, ooh, no, <laughs> like I don't like this at all. And I really quickly um, pivoted to PEDS and found my calling. I like my insides are tie-dye and rainbow and sparkly. And so when I started working with kids, I was like, I'm here. Um, and I just, again, I feel so like lucky to be in this situation with this group of people. We're a multidisciplinary team. Um, I'm not exaggerating. Every one of the therapists I work with is phenomenal. I can't believe 10 years later, like that this is this company because it didn't start this way. And I just have 
you know, I work with a great group of people. I have a great clinic. Um, I'm excited about what I'm doing with you guys. Um, this has been like a really great shot of adrenaline because it's been kind of a slow year. Um, and, <laughs> uh, so putting this all together has been exciting and it's gotten me um, like, you know, just back to being a clinician, which really hasn't been my primary role for a while now as a business owner and a mom of three. Um, so what I'm doing in terms of HRV and some of the um, interoceptive work that we'll get to, it's really got me like on fire as a clinician again, which feels really awesome. That's so great. Yeah. That's so great. Jeff, before you j jump in, uh, I, I would love, because, I, you know, one of the things, and I, I was guilty of this too, uh, what is occupational therapy? Because I think mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't been exposed to it, you you hear the occupation part, um, you know. So so I know I, having worked with OTs, I love y'all. But uh, for somebody who might be listening, who's like, do you help kids get jobs? You know, uh, give a definition of the amazing work you, you all do. Thank you. Okay, so um, OTs, it depends on the setting you go to. So I'll talk specifically about me, but if you go to a hospital or a school nursing facility or a school, um, you're always gonna get uh, essentially different answers, which means that this field in itself, you could, you could just make your own path and uh, exactly kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, so in my setting, in outpatient pediatrics or office-based pediatrics, we really work with kids on learning how to do the jobs of a child that age. So like when we're talking about, let's talk about my youngest son who's three, his job is to go to preschool, to get dressed, to get himself on and off the toilet. Like his expectations are really low. I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and we'll talk about the eight-year-old. Like his expectations are to put on his hockey equipment by himself, help clean up after a meal, help pick up you know, dog stuff in the yard, like his expectations are much higher and parents bring their kids to OT or this place specifically because somewhere early in the line, they were like, my kid's not doing what all those other kids are doing and why? And then we try to figure out like what is missing and 99.9% .9 of the time it's regulation and um, co-regulation and regulation. And so um, then they come to me or another OT to work on how to get their nervous system regulated so they can do the jobs that kids their age are doing. Um, and in some cases, they can, you know, like I work with kids who have cerebral palsy and it's always gonna look different for them. And we have to have that expectation that they're gonna do it and it's gonna look different and that's okay like they're doing it and then there's other cases where you know kids aren't doing their jobs as well as they could be and we can fix that or not fix that support that and really help that so um it, it means a lot of different things in a lot of different age brackets you know and places yeah that's uh well and, and to your point matt i mean for, for somebody like me who's, who's not sort of been in your world um, in the past, it, you know, occupational therapy, air therapy was brand new. And to hear some of the stories, Becca, of, of the impact that you've had on your clients is pretty impressive. And, and some of the methodology that you've used certainly wouldn't have been anything that I would have expected. So, you know, I think you know, maybe if you don't mind sharing a little bit about, you know, how you've, you've approached your work, um, some of the kind of groundbreaking stuff that you've done and some of the results that you've seen. I think a lot of people like me be really interested in, in the stories. 
It's a really okay. powerful. Yeah. So I'll start by saying um, I have a coworker here. Her name is Karen and she's a physical therapist from Texas and she is brilliant at what she does. And she, um, she uses a technique called total motion release. And she's taught me this much of it, but she just, she gets her hands on a kid and she just changes their nervous system and their muscle grouping like she's just wonderful and she told me that like the golden ticket for her was this specific training in total motion release and I watch it in therapy every day I'm like they just she's amazing so um that's always been in the back of my head for the few years I've known her and um during quarantine at the beginning of quarantine I really started to like lose it as everyone did for different reasons but like <laughs> so you're, you're going like, back to april time frame uh yeah march first, early march march um, april okay. i started seeing like a horrible decline in my business in like january with that but that was before we were you know having the covid conversations we had in march yeah. um but um the world was going nuts and you know my kids were home my business was doing horrible and you know like i I'm a marathon runner, but I couldn't run 26 miles to regulate because my kids needed me on Zoom. So um, I just like found the um, Jill Miller. I found her products. Uh, we'll talk more about her. And um, I had like some of the balls that she um, she uses in her teachings. And I just got on these balls and I started breathing. And I was like, you can do this, pull it together. We got this. <laughs> and I like really talked myself into it until until I could do it. And, um, and then I decided like, wow, th what just happened? Like there was something to that. So I got online and I started studying more of her work and I watched all her videos. I didn't read the book, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. in your home. I yeah, actually... <laughs> yeah, exactly. As, as we were getting acquainted and talking more about some of the techniques that you use, I realized that my wife has the, the role model book in her, in her basement and she's used Reddit and, and uses it. So it was, a concept I was familiar with, but not nearly as much until we started talking. So small world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it works if you um, want it to. And, you know, like if you, I made it routine, I made it habit. I learned the insides and outs of it. Um, I uh, sent her a message on Instagram and I just said, hey, I'm an OT. I'm doing this at home with myself and with my son and my eight-year-old son. Um, we both need it. And it like was really healing for both of us. And um, I think this work belongs in the pediatric sector. And um, she was extremely open and like engaging and interested. And she's like, let's set up a meeting. Um, and so since then, we've been in um, frequent communication and she just... I can't say enough about the this woman. Um, she and her husband are co-founders of this company, Tune Up Fitness, in California. And she is just, she's so engaging. She's so brilliant. She's so open and creative. And every time I, you know, watch one of her videos or see a post of hers or, you know, read an email that she wrote me, I just, like, I love her. I've never even met her. And I just adore what she's doing. Um, so uh, we've been back and forth. And she basically said, like, you let me know how this works for pediatrics, and I'm on board. And so, um, so I decided so cool. to set up a study. 
And I just kind of, you know, emailed her and her husband along the way because I was using their names, I was using their product names, I was sending it to physicians in the area, letting everyone know what I was doing. And if they had any referrals they wanted to make for this specific group of kids with nervous system dysregulation. So, um, so basically, I, I put something together and I just said, I'm going to um, study the effects of nervous system regulation using um, her products, her balls, and, um, and how they affect the nervous system of kids with ADHD, autism spectrum disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, um, everything that kind of falls under that nervous system dysregulation umbrella. Um, I have since started working with two different people who have traumatic brain injuries. No, sorry, one person who has traumatic brain injury as well. Um, and just uh, my work has really been in finding how um, I can teach the concept of interoception using Jill's props. And um, originally I thought that what we would do is just have subjective reports by the parents. Because if parents are seeing, you know, um, different types of regulation, which leads to different types of skills or different sleeping, sleeping patterns or eating patterns or behavior patterns or communication patterns. I was asking for that feedback and I just wasn't getting a ton of it because honestly, parents are exhausted. Like we are, yeah. my kids go to bed at 8.30 and I turn my husband like, bye Dev, like we're tired. You yeah. know? Well, so it's, like, it's good that you had the three kids to understand that that's, you know, yeah. it's not totally. lack of want or lack of care or, you know, it's just exhaustion and you only have so much bandwidth totally and there's their ot asking more give me more give me more and they're like exactly mm, we're i would done. love to i can't yes so um so i decided i needed a different way to measure because these kids were it was when we were still doing more in-person therapy they were coming to therapy yep. i was seeing over the course of a session i was like you know, seeing all these things that I was hoping to see in many cases, not all, but in a lot of cases. And then I wasn't getting that subjective report I was looking for. So I have a friend from college, Nathan Ayers, and um, we are friends on Instagram, which is, I guess, how you find everyone now. <laughs> and I, um, I saw that he was like, his posts were um, talking about regulation. I actually don't remember specifically what post I saw, but I saw something that was like, oh, he's talking about what I'm thinking about. And I reached out to him and we had one or two conversations. And in one of the conversations, he said, hey, why don't you look up these guys in Colorado, Optimal HRV, they're doing what you're talking about. Because I was saying to him, I need objective data. Like parent report isn't working. I need objective information showing what I'm doing is effective or not effective. Because if not, like, um, the, there's no buy-in for the parents. There's no buy-in for the carryover. You know, like I think that you really need data nowadays and <laughs> moving forward, you need numbers to show people like what you're doing is effective. So that's when I reached out to you guys and it's been, you know, again, it's been super interrupted from COVID. Um, but in the summer we were like chugging and in the early fall we were chugging now we're kind of mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> slowing down COVID, what COVID. it's gonna exactly we understand that's everybody understand that. that's right we've all been in that cycle all year long you know and as the the news of these vaccines means hopefully yes. come springtime life will be more back to normal for an extended period of time 
You know, and I, I think one of the things, Becca, that, that I was so like thrilled that when, when you reached out to us is one is like my, my dream of uh, kind of starting this was to find folks like you with your passion and your curiosity uh, and dedication to, to the folks that you work with. Like, you know, when Jeff and I were, when I was trying to convince him or try to even explain to him what heart rate variability was, it's like, I really think we can like change folks' lives with this. And, and like, you know, occupational therapy for me, like I, I worked it in a special education uh, school that, that I helped run uh, years ago now. But, you, you know, we would have this, we had an OT room and I, I loved OT so much. You know, I, I call it as a mental health guy. I, I was like, I'm an OT tech with these kids because it was, a lot of our kids were autistic, some were uh, nonverbal, and they all had severe behavioral issues. And talk therapy was not going to fix the problem. And, and you know, even with all this learning I've done since, talk therapy is still not going to solve the problem. And, you know, what I loved is we had this occupational therapy classroom with bouncy chairs and bouncy balls and like, like all these amazing uh, weighted, I have, you know, I have most of these in my house right now. I don't have room for a bouncy <laughs> chair, but, you know, being six, seven, it's a big chair. Oh, wow. The OT yeah. would have to kick me out because I learned to self-regulate as well in there. But what, what, what I what I loved when you reached out is like what what we found was while certain things worked for most kids, you know, our kids were such a puzzle to say, what what is this intervention having on this kid? And that's where one of the things that you know was really exciting for me bringing HRV, whether it's a mental health. Uh, intervention or an OT intervention, you know, we can start to measure it and, and not everything's going to have the same impact, you know, for every kid, but we can start to measure the effects that this have. And, and I love, you know, and this is why like COVID just ticks me off at this point is you are getting some really amazing results, even pre post session with some huge jumps. And, and I wonder just kind of like, you know, now, now that we have a few months, even though there are COVID months in our pocket, just some of the, the insights that you sort of got from integrating HRV into some of the interventions you were doing. Yeah. Um, and just to add on to that too, before yeah. you, um, I think people would love to know too, you know, how you, you're sort of, um, you know, tactically using it, you know, how, how are you using it with your, with your clients and, you know, when you're taking readings and to Matt's point, what kind of, what kind of impact are you seeing as you see the readings change? I think I know a lot of people are, are kind of questioning, okay, how do I incorporate this into my day-to-day? -day? So you know, maybe you can kind of weave those two things in together because I think they're pretty closely related. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, so I, uh, first side note, um, thank you because you guys provided a bunch of readers to the staff here and if you have, um, Two have gone home with clients, and you guys were super generous. Uh, this, and <laughs> you know, provide when I reached out, you guys were like immediately on board and excited as you are now, and um, really generous. So thank you. Um, hey, the, yeah, the way that my pleasure. Yeah, the way that we're using it, or I'm using it. I've, everyone here, all the staff has them. Um, no one's using it regularly because honestly, um, no one's 
working regularly right now, you know, and learning something really new. And I'm, I'm one of the youngest. So it's a little intimidating for people who are, I'm 40. And, you know, people who are 40 and up, I think are more and more intimidated by new technology. And um, uh, it's super easy. We went over it as a group, how to use it. Um, not everyone is implementing it yet. I think in the spring slash summer, once we get going, we'll be able to have like more of a system as a team. But for myself, um, the way that I'm using it is I am, kids are walking in the door and um, we do our normal greet and then they just come right into the room and I pop a reader on them. Um, I'm trying the finger one and the ear one, kind of seeing, you know, what's working best for who. Um, I take a reading at the beginning of the session and then we do our therapy and then I take a reading at the end of the session and I have my own little spreadsheet where I'm just, you know, keeping track of um, their pre and post intervention and then like we talked about trying to focus more on the long term picture, and not so much on the individual sessions but I am finding in time um, that these numbers are getting more and more predictable like I know, you know, um, who's going to walk in the door at 40 you know, pre-intervention and leave at 60. And I know who's going to walk in the door at 18 and leave at, you know, 30 or whatever it's going to be. So um, uh, I'm oh. finding that um, number one, the um, breathing, um, interoceptive uh, work that I'm doing with Jill's products are working, number one. Uh, I work with a, it's not... It's not subjective. These are objective numbers not that you can you know, There's share. There's no family report. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you can share it with, with parents and everybody I'm sure is getting excited about that. And I am, I'm, I truthfully, like, it's awesome because at the end of the session, I will, if the parent's not in the room, because we're really tight about who's in the office now, at the end of the session, I just take a screenshot on my phone of, you know, what it was pre-intervention, what it was post-intervention, and I'll text it to the parent I'm like here's our session 40 point hrv improvement and like it that says it all and i mean as i brought up to you guys like it could truly just be a measure used for billing for you know insurance reimbursement or to set goals you know like mm -hmm. um becca will improve hrv score within three months by five percent by doing x y and z i mean it's really um you know it's it's a conversation um, about like for OT, the conversation is always about function. What are they doing functionally? And PT and speech too, like what are they doing functionally? But this is nice because it takes, um, it takes just a look at like, how are they really doing? Like what's really going on underneath the skill, underneath the, you know, function? Like what do they look like in their nervous system? And for all of us here, we can't really do our job if they walk in the door and their HRV is 20 points lower than what it normally is pre-intervention. Like we can't just jump in and, you know, like make them eat the thing that's hard for them to eat or do the lunge that's hard for them to do, you know, like their nervous system isn't ready for that. And we just saw that when they walked in the door. So we know where to start our work. Um, we know where to meet them and what to hope for. Um, if we see, a, if I see a decline, I can maybe say, hey, how about we try twice a week for the next few months and see where we can get. Um, it just, it's such an easy communication piece is what I'm finding, having numbers. 
Awesome. It's so great. Look, so at, great. look at the grin on Matt's face. Yeah, it's, I it's, it's so like ex- ear to yeah. ear, man. <laughs> because it is. I mean, like I, I, I approached it from the, the the mental health perspective, but also again, work working with the the students that I did in the school. It's like we all knew they were dysregulated. That's why they came to our school. You, you know, and, and you know, OT gave me the language. You know, and, and what, what I find fascinating, and this kind of goes in my other area of work that I do on, on you know, the impact of trauma on folks, because so many of the folks that, you know, we also worked with at that school, you know, had the autistic diagnosis, but also came from histories of trauma as well. It's, it's just all this dysregulation and, and how, what, whatever the intervention is, and that's why I love you that your team approaches it from, from different modalities is, how do we help that nervous system that's, you know, you know, not operating functionally for whatever reason, start to, to heal and grow and build resiliency and, and to get a concrete number that's just backed by a ton of research. It's like, oh, you know, it just gives us like a piece of information that, you know, may change what we do, may not, but just reinforces all these great things. And it's just so exciting to be alive right now. (laughs) Well, what I wanna um, touch on that piece that you just brought up of trauma, what's interesting and what we've been talking a lot about as a team, um, or we're talking about a lot as a team is like the role trauma plays. So, you know, um, adults, nervous system dysregulation is like anxiety, right? And we're all living with it right now. It's part of living with COVID. Yep. We are, it's you know, like associated with 2020. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. everything I mean, this all, year. We're all going to need therapy after this. Like this is yeah. this is before we're now trauma totally. Yeah. Um, but with kids, you know, if you're, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Stop it. <laughs> New client. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Answer it if you need to. Maybe it's a session that uh, you want to take. I got it muted. I'm not yeah. at my desk, so I didn't know how to do that. Um, no problem. Uh, the role of pediatrics and trauma because like the kids that we're working with here they're babies don't know how to silence um they're babies and so um it's interesting the way that questions have changed for me when I'm doing intakes over the last 10 months like I don't I didn't ask um did your baby have acid reflux 10 months ago and because 10 months ago I wasn't really thinking about trauma and so think about you know like babies without going to OT here I'm just gonna bring up um you know babies when they're born the first thing they do they suck and that's on their mom or the bottle or whatever it is and that is their mechanism for self-soothing that is the co-regulation between the mother or father and the baby and um you know as soon as a baby starts latching, they learn to to regulate. And if there's any trauma in the airway or in you know the gut or wherever that is, and the baby develops acid reflux, and every time they go to self-regulate, it's trauma. And so, like day two, they're learning, um, you know, like the world's not a safe place. Or, you know, that's an extreme example, but um, day two, you know, or day one, whatever it is, that's, uh, that's, 
it's just the, the way that I've approached work with kids has really changed in kind of going down this path to think about the role of trauma and, and how, you know, whether it was something they were born with, if it's genetic or if it's, you know, physiological that presents really early. Um, it's been a different approach and like, you know, all this, it stemmed from um, Jill Miller and her company, but then I started reading more about the polyvagal theory and um, started following more people in that circle, which, you know, and, and it all led to this conversation, but it's all for pediatrics. It's all part of the same picture of how, if we're not safe and social, we can't do our jobs. Yeah. Well, that, that's uh, the whole thing, you know, and you, you mentioned the, the physiological part of it and that, that, you know, don't get me started on the ventral vagal nerve, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if you've got that dysregulation and in, in that, that the young children are just this mesh ball of neurons that are waiting to figure out how to organize themselves and those early experiences can, you know, if help isn't given, can, can just linger on you know, throughout life and, and, you know, working with traumatic brain injuries and other things as well. I mean, you just see, you know, especially if they linger and help's not given, there's always hope for everybody, but boy, to, to get, get it diagnosed and get it treated early on, you don't have to carry the pain and suffering on for, for the rest of your, your life. And those struggles become more ingrained the longer they're there with you. And that's, that's the amazing thing I think about where we're at is, you know, really understanding that, hey, this kid's behavior is not a chosen behavior, that there's something deeper going on here. Uh, and measuring the success of what you're doing is, is just really cool to, to see that uh, yeah. from, from all aspects as different fields wake up to, to this science. I, I think it's exciting where we're going with it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question um, and just curiosity. So how did you approach introducing HRV to your clients and their parents? Um, most of them, I don't know, you tell us, but my guess would be all except for maybe one probably had no idea what HRV was. Um, you know, so just curious to know, you know, how you approach that, what their initial reaction was, um, you know, and how that's sort of changed over time, the more you use it uh, as part of your, your sessions. Yeah. Um, this is an area where I think I could probably do better in trying to learn more and more. Um, when I approached the families that I was working with, I basically, uh, you know, said, hey, we're going to move from these subjective reports to me taking these measurements when your child enters and exits. And everyone was like, okay. Um, you know, I explained what I knew and understood of heart rate variability. Um, and... Uh, no one had any concerns. No one's really um, tried to, I think, I think this is kind of probably the next step for me, honestly, is trying to do more and more research on my own. I know it exists. So all I have to do is become more familiar with it. Um, I think that for parents, it's nice because it takes the pressure off of them to share any information. And, you know, instead it's me sharing information with them, which they appreciate. Um, yeah, I, I feel like everyone's met it with, you know, like, great, let's see, you know, let's okay. learn about it, let's do it. No, uh, <laughs> no reservations at all. I've introduced the idea to several people about doing it at home. And, um, 
I think people are a little bit nervous because again, it's just this piece of technology that's new and a little bit unusual and people don't totally understand what like nervous system is to begin with. Um, I think Absolutely. that it's a little intimidating at first, mm -hmm. um, but I think that, uh, you know, it's super user-friendly and everyone who has a phone could do it. So yeah. I don't think there's a reason to be hesitant in any way. No, that's great feedback, you know, because that's always when, when you put something new into practice, you know, as a practitioner like yourself, I mean, that's always, I would think a question mark, you know, how's this going to be adopted? Are people going to be nervous? Are they going to be skeptical? Are they going to embrace it? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that a number of folks that are listening to this might have had, you know, those questions in their head. So it's you know, nice to hear your experience in terms of everybody's been open, everybody's been happy. And to your point, you know, now you're providing even more of a service and saying, hey, here's the, the objective uh, effect of the session that, that, you know, you're paying for and, and it's, it's working and, and, you know, here's, here's data to prove it. So that's totally, that's and cool. it's, it's my documentation too, which makes it really nice for me on my end. Like, you know, I'm used to writing these like paragraphs and stories about what's going on. And like, then I'm, now I'm writing pre-intervention you know, 52 post-intervention 64. And I mean, I, I do include other information, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the efficacy of what I'm doing. It's awesome. It's really hey, awesome. If we can make the administrative side easier. I, I hadn't even yeah. thought about, uh, obviously I've thought a lot about this being an outcome short, medium and long-term, but boy, if we can make paperwork easier for folks. Yeah. Ooh, that, 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 that's <laughs> All really right. Good. That was, that's totally my experience. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Jeff. Put, put sounds, that somewhere. I was going to say, sounds like we have a, an offline conversation to have so we can yes. start uh, developing <laughs> some new components to uh, the app itself, especially the I, web dashboard. I hope it becomes the way of insurance and, um, you know, like it's streamlined. It's easy. It's, yeah. it's so much easier. Oh, that's cool. We have to send notes every like three to six months to the insurance companies. They have to approve what we're doing to get paid. Like it's this whole circus and like, why not just shoot out some numbers and say like, here, I'm, what I'm doing is working. Here's your data. Here's exactly. the science. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's it. So, you know, once <laughs> I'm knocking on wood when I say this, once the world hopefully goes a little bit more back to normal, um, you know, and you guys are, are consistently open and there's no concerns of, of COVID or certainly much more reduced than they have been this year. You know, where do you see yourself sort of taking this, you, you know, your, your practice and, and everything that you're doing um, and then sort of the HRV component um, along with it? Um, so what ultimately, I think my goal in what I'm doing right now is definitely helping, you know, the little kids whose parents trust me to help those kids, um, helping my own kids at my own home. Um, and then I think bringing a study out into the world showing that if you want to work on nervous system regulation, you, for children, because um, I'm only talking about pediatrics myself, I think yep. um, that using a soft myofascial release tool um, to, uh, you know, improve respiratory function is the way to do it. And HRV um, data shows the efficacy of it, really. I mean, I think that, you know, I um, I would like to see Tune Up Fitness create a pediatric line 
I'd like to see other pediatric therapists, multidisciplinary approach to using this work to, um, you know, like speech therapists using HRV to show like, hey, maybe today is not the day we work on this skill. Maybe we back up and work on this other skill based on, you know, how your child is walking in the door right now. Um, you know, using this as education for therapists for how we can approach um, our goals and new tools that we can use uh, to, to help our clients really. So I'd like to see it used more widely here and in the fields, um, in our own fields. Awesome. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, that, that, that's very cool. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to thank you for the partnership. You know, it's been a ton of fun, you know, working together over the past few months has, as you know, we've, we've mentioned, we've had a little bit of fits and starts with the way the world is right now, but obviously I think we're going to have a lot of success over the next six months. Um, I guess, Matt, any, any, anything else that, yeah, uh, I, I just, I wonder, you know, I, I'm sure some people will listen to this and be, Oh, how do I learn more about what you're doing? So if people yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh, put some exactly. information in the show notes, but, uh, for those that might be listening in the car, how could uh, people learn more about what uh, you and your great team are doing? I don't know. Follow us on social media, I guess. <laughs> we're not really um, publicly like available. Like on social media, we're just posting pictures of like crafts and cookie recipes. Hey, I like cookies. to me each day to see your uh, posts. So, so don't <laughs> underestimate the power. I feel like I know your team a lot better after following you in social media. That's kind of our goal. We had no social media. And then a therapist who works here, her daughter went to school to do just this. And so we were her first job. And I was like, you go, you do it. And she, <laughs> she makes it colorful and fun and beautiful. Um, I guess Great. if anyone wanted to learn more about what I was doing, you know, they were welcome to email me. Um, I can give you my email address for the show notes. Um, I am super interested in learning more about all these topics from other people who know a lot more than me. So I, I love, you know, I love learning. So if you have more to add to this conversation, I'd like to hear it. Um, Cause I'm just kind of coming up with ideas and running with them, but Awesome. Could, well, well, we're we're honored we, that you're, you're running with us. So. We are. And, and we'd like to extend uh, an invitation to be back on the podcast in, you know, four to six months after the clinic's back open and, you know, you got a little bit more data and, and uh, you know, we can kind of keep people up to date with your journey because I think it's really important. And I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to, uh, to hear about all the cool things you're doing. Awesome. Yeah, I do hope that other therapists that or, you know, people in similar health professions, um, you know, that are listening, um, have the same ideas and the same curiosity. And, you know, we get to hear from more from them, too, because um, I think it's I think it's exciting. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It's for the having fun, me. It's the fun thing about being in, in front on innovation uh, is that uh, we know a lot of people will be here five years from now, but it's kind of fun. And I've, I've learned to enjoy, hey, when you're out here with folks like Becca uh, dreaming on how to how to make this happen, it's uh, it's a real joy to have worked with you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you That's very much. Thank you. Well, stay healthy, stay safe. Becca, have a wonderful holiday season with the family and, and everybody you. at the clinic. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank As always, you can find uh, information show notes at optimalhrv.com. Uh, so we'll see you all next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at optimalhrv.com. 
Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next episode.